<laughs> and we are back. Buckets and Dan Sportsland. Episode number four. Dan, this is a big one. Yeah, we're coming off our last dance episode where we really focused on one topic, the topic that was captivating pretty much all sports fans, all entertainment fans. So we really did a deep dive into that. But we're going back to our roots here, Bill. We're going flashback, Buffalo blast from the past. Rob Johnson. You may remember him as the other guy in the big QB controversy back in the early 2000s, late 1990s. Rob Johnson versus Doug Flutie. He was like that California kid, backwards hat kind of guy. Flutie was straight edge, everyone, every blue collar's favorite guy, and, and the underdog story. And we had we had Johnson on to talk his side, and I thought it was absolutely awesome. It was really fun. I think a lot of you diehard Flutie fans are going to get swayed at least a little bit once you hear some of the stories from Rob. But we also have a Mount Rushmore of chicken wing. Rest, excuse me, of, I guess, how would we describe it? Mount Rushmore of, of chicken wings. Of our chicken favorite wings. wings. Our so. favorite wing spots in Buffalo. We have our local friend connoisseur, Sean Dungan, on. We also have a somewhat local, but now lives in Florida, um, connoisseur in Pat Moran, who did a deep dive last year into all sorts of Buffalo locations. So he's really the expert on it. So we had a great time doing that. We also have a quick trivia challenge in which we held a Buckets and Dan t-shirt up for grabs. So let's see. We'll see if our Twitter pick ended up winning that. And it was. And we also had a Q&A for B&D. We really grew. We, we gained some muscles on this segment. Uh, we had more than one or two people chime in. The more feedback, the better. So we got about five or six topics uh, to get through today, which will be a lot of fun. A real mixed bag, too. Definitely all sorts of places. And again, if you want to shoot your questions over to us, it doesn't have to be sports. It can be life. It can be anything, really. And it's just you either put your hashtag Q&A, the number four, B-N-D, or just reply to our tweet that we send out each week. But Buckets, it was, a, it was an outstanding weekend. It's, it's hotter than heck right now. We had to close the windows because they're mowing the lawn out there, and we didn't want that in there. So we're literally just baking in this room. Hey, we're steaming, but we had a big-time weekend. Speaking of steaming and being hot, I was over at Emily's Cottage in Rushford this, <laughs> this weekend, and there, were, there was a bird's nest on top of the, the front light. And thank the Lord that we were there while the light was on, but it just randomly started on fire when everyone was just hanging out inside the cottage able to run out and extinguish the fire. But it did It did take one victim, and that was the brand-new $200 Otterbox cooler. Took the straps right off. So it's still functional in a way, but it's got, some, it's got some burn marks, and it gives the beverages a nice smoky taste. How'd the bird taste that I assume was in there that went up in flames? Didn't eat it. Okay, good. Uh, so I'm sorry to hear that about your cooler, Hey, it was all right. Dan, you had a pretty interesting weekend. There's a new fellow in the family. There is a new fellow. We had, we finally pulled the trigger on a second dog. So when my girlfriend moved in, she brought her dog, Reagan, a three-year-old um, beagle lab kind of mutt mix. Great dog, definitely needed a buddy. So my whole life, I've wanted a little dog named Mookie to be named after Mookie Wilson, the New York Mets who hit the ball through Bill Buckner's legs in the 86 World Series to win Game 6 and force a Game 7, in which the Mets obviously won for their second World Championship. 
So I finally pulled the trigger. One of our good friends, mutual friends, Holly Flanagan, sent us a picture of a dog she was fostering. This little uh, black lab, German Shepherd mix, three months old. We, I fell in love immediately. We brought him over to meet Reagan. They fell in love with each other. They were great. So we, we did end up getting him this weekend. It's been a little bit of a transition in terms of potty training. And he seems to have worn out his welcome a little bit on Reagan. But hopefully that improves. So we're very happy, very busy. You know, I, and I appreciate that you're keeping it positive. Can't wait to check in a week from now. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Friday, we were together, socially distant, of course, because we were able to celebrate our good friend Corey Martin's what would have been his wedding di- wedding ceremony date, but they go ahead and shock the world earlier that day and say that it's actually their one-year anniversary. So they did get married a year prior to Friday and held it a secret. I found out about a month ago, was shocked, but most of us found out this past Friday, which was their one-year anniversary, so congratulations to Corey and Amanda. We're very happy for both of you. We had a great time Friday. It was nice to get a little bit of normalcy back, even though it was just in a, still in an odd setting. Absolutely. Good time. Um, if you pay enough attention, you'll hear that I did my trivia uh, during, that, during that time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. And then Sunday, I was able to, again, get together with some friends, do some barbecuing outside. And yesterday, I was able to head over to Cassie's parents for to use their in-ground pool, which was gorgeous. So it, it honestly was one of the better weekends I've had in the past few months. It, it was a really good time. I'm sorry to hear about your cooler. Other than that, I'm it's sure you had good. a good weekend. It's all good. Yeah, no, no worries. All right, let's move on. We'll get to our Q&A for B&D. Question. What kind of bear is best? It's a ridiculous question. False. Black bear. Why are you the way that you are? What'd you do? Hey, what do you guys like better, nurse or cheerleader? Here we go, Buckets. Let's rock and roll. Like we said in the intro, thank you to those who sent in their questions. Please feel free to do so whenever you want. Feel free to throw multiple questions in. We don't really care. Again, could be about sports, could be about life, could be advice, could be our opinion. doesn't really matter. Anything you want to talk about in this segment, we're up for grabs. So we will start with a question from your friend, third cousin of Chris Winkie, former Panthers quarterback, Florida State Heisman winner. Made that up. And we are going to start with who buckets do you think is the bigger bust, Robert Griffin III or Andrew Luck? Yeah, I, I think this is an easy one. I think RG3 is the bigger bust. He he was fantastic. He was sensational his rookie year in 2012. Um, slowed down a bit in 2013 and really has fallen off since then. He's more of a backup now. And on the other hand, Luck, although he did retire early, it's a you know, border, ho- borderline Hall of Fame career. Uh, take borderline Hall of Fame career. I... Don't I don't think he's going to get there because I just don't think the longevity is there. But for the, if he played another four or five years, he's a surefire first ballot guy. So that's what, to me, you know, at least he'll be in the conversation. Um, five years of real, real good production. And I think he took his team to the playoffs four of those years with, you know, subpar talent around him. So luck is definitely um, not a bust. I think it's interesting to look at, what you consider a bust. I mean, it, it, both of these guys were considered, were hopefully considered by their teams as generational type talents and both pretty much out of the league right now. So 
didn't turn out the way they wanted to. But Andrew Luck obviously retiring due to health reasons. He was, you're right, on his way to a Hall of Fame career. I would not say that as he retired, it was a borderline no, Hall of Fame career. No, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. Okay. But I, like, there will be a day that he is in a conversation. Okay. But I don't think it's he's put enough. The merit's not there. Right. And I think it is interesting to look at Robert Griffin because when he came into the league, they did kind of revolutionize for a time football with the run pass option with the um, dynamic running that he was able to do and obviously the injury that devastating knee injury really derailed his career but I, I would agree with you I think it's there's really no question who the bigger bust was but for in terms of legacy impact I think Robert Griffin holds a little more weight than what you'd think if you just quickly glance his career with how offenses have adapted since then and using mobile quarterbacks and using the run pass. But as they found out, it's, it's a different breed going from college to NFL with how much faster and stronger NFL defenders are than most college defenders. So it's a great question. And just just going to throw this thing out there. I know I'm in the I'm in the huge minority when I say this. I'm just I wasn't a fan of Lamar Jackson coming out. I have been definitely wrong. But at the same time, I'm holding out hope because, and I'm not rooting against the guy, but he was very similar to RG3. He's been better. I want to see him do, stack years with this type of performance, with these type of performances where, you know, giving NFL coaches a full offseason to totally prepare um, for what he did over 16 games last year. If he does it again, I will admit that I'm 100% wrong, but I think he will be much more containable next year and not exactly the same exact threat he was this past year. That is, uh, we'll, he's a good quarterback. I'm we'll, not saying he's not. We will make sure to keep this recording for for that. Oh, we're just going to cut that little part there. Okay, we'll just move on to the question. Our next question coming from the fake veto account wanted to our Mount Rushmore of Cortland stories, and that you can find on our premium account because that is something you'd have to pay for. We are not going to give those out for free. The next question comes from Brandon Galligan. How do you know him? He's our good buddy. He's one of Ace's best friends. Perfect. Brandon Galligan, he wants to know the Mount Rushmore of worst slash most hated Bills athletes. And it's funny, I was listening to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast today, and they actually listed off the worst Buffalo Bills at each, what they thought were the worst Bills at each position from the drought years. You know, some funny names I haven't thought about, like Marquis Sullivan, um, Benny Anderson, Derek Dockery, Tim Anderson, that white third-round defensive tackle, Dwan Edwards, the 3-4 end that was just awful, Ken Irvin. Remember that tackle, last name Chambers? He was awful. No. He was not a good player. I'm going to look him up. Okay. I'm going to find that one. So I'm going to go with most hated, and we both agreed right away. I, I don't I don't like hating athletes very often. I, I think that it's you shouldn't view a person as just what you see on the field from their production as like what they're doing as their job. But I think Dante Whitner was such a douche on and off the field, and we I know we talk about it all the time, especially with them re-airing the game during quarantine of him not jumping on the. The onside kick versus Dallas when it seemed like he was right there. I, and, you know, how he bashed Buffalo when he left and how he thought he was so sweet. And I think he was put in an unfair position because when Marv Levy drafted him, he basically compared him to Ed Reed and Troy Palomalo saying, you need a great safety to be a great defense in the NFL, which is just such an awful take. 
Um, he was the, he was like the person who was tweeting out like Toronto Bills, LLL, yep. I can't wait for the Buffalo Bills to move. So I didn't like that. So he's he's my only Bill that I would dislike. And the ta- the player I was talking about earlier, Dan Kirk Chambers, remember him? They gave no. him a lot of a lot of burn. They played a lot. He was not very good. There were some good names. So if you want to go listen to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast, they had a nice nice uh, nice podcast today about the worst bills during the drought era some names that'll really make your stomach hurt when you hear them i would say some other bills i just didn't like during my time as a bills fan obviously there were some bad teams to look back at but like you said i don't think i really hated anybody but like trent edwards just i wanted him out of here really lostman too and Ed, which is ironic because then edwards came in but edwards was just so boring his personality just you never saw him smile never showed emotion just a boring check down just not exciting quarterback and obviously, like you said about Whitner trashing the Bills, Willis McGahee can go fly a kite for all I care, too. And I guess he was just – I'm sure that he looks back at his whole career and is kind of bitter because of – he should have been like a – and especially back then when, with how high running backs were valued. But he could have been like a top five, top ten pick before that national championship injury. But he just never appreciated Buffalo. And, like, he's one of those guys, like, again, said it. The only, the only good thing about Buffalo is it's only an hour from Toronto and – didn't really have a great career here. Didn't really have a great career when he left anyway. So he's just another bum I think of when I think of my most hated Bills athletes. You got anybody else? Nope. Okay. Nope. Moving on. How about our friend Andrew Samer asking the top five sporting events we've attended? And we're just going to say together because I think that would be a more entertaining more entertaining topic. So the top some ones that we rattled off earlier when we were planning. I don't. Did we tell the Philadelphia story on air? No. Okay. This is by I, far. I'm pretty good at this one. If you need help on this one. Okay, we'll we'll go together. So I'll start because I'll I'll start with Rio. So at the time I was, my girlfriend went to Lehigh, which is right in right outside Philadelphia, and Sabers. That's when they made their run at the end of the year when Pagula bought the team, and they they on the last day of the of uh, the season. They clinched the seventh seed. They're, so they're going at Philadelphia, the two seed. So my aunt at the time works for Comcast. So I ask her for tickets. She doesn't get back to me. You know, it's not a big deal. Obviously, she's super busy, whatever. So in the meantime, this game two is going to be on a probably a Saturday. 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 It's going to be on a Saturday. So I ask my girlfriend, I say, how about we um, get tickets to the Flyers game? for? Because I think it was like a – it wasn't a night game because we had to do something late. Afternoon. It was an afternoon game. So she says, perfect. I have to go to a formal. No, no. Was that a different time you came? Oh, it was a formal that night. It was a night. formal that night. So I had to go to a formal that night. So whatever. So she says, sure. So I also ask if I could bring Bill, of course, obviously. And she's like, sure. He, he can just kill. And, I'm, and if there's anybody that can just kill time in a random location, it's Bill. So we decided to do that. Great. In the meantime, my aunt calls and tells us she has... Two tickets. Well, hang on. Let me okay. let me stop you. <clears throat> so Thursday morning, all right. I'm in at, at at this period of time. I'm in very bad graces with my English teacher, <laughs> my English professor professor at Cortland. I I missed a couple things. I did a couple wrong things. I forgot exactly what, but uh, what I she asked me like pretty much to make up for my mistakes, or I try to get back on her good side by. By by playing a role in a play that was supposed to air, that was supposed to go live Thursday night. I actually went to the like the practices for the play. I had a fairly prominent role, 
And this was supposed to be Thursday night. So Thursday night is also the night of game one. Well, Dan wakes me up with a phone call at about 8.30 a.m. And he says, Bill, my aunt has got us two tickets for tonight's game one. We can leave after our earth science lab. Just get ready now. We'll go to our earth science lab and we'll leave right after. And I say, Dan, you know I have this play thing tonight that I really need to do or else I'm in real trouble. And there's just this deafening that I just remember like six seconds of just no one talking on the phone. And I just remember saying, give me five minutes. (laughs) So I do that. I find this lady's cell phone. I call her and I just say, hey, listen, I got a once in a lifetime opportunity. I I got to I'm not going to be in Cortland tonight. I got to go to Philadelphia my favorite team's playing, and I got free tickets. She's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm just like, she's like, you really, you're really not going to be here. I'm like, now think about looking uh, back now that we're both teachers. <laughs> now think about, like, that's one of, like, that's like one of our players right. as coaches. Not coming to the game. Not coming to the game, like the day of, like, a playoff game because they got a, quote, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> and I just remember the same, like, deafening five to six <laughs> seconds, which felt like an eternity of, no one talking and then me saying, like, yeah, I'm not going to be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. And I say, all right, call Dan back. All right, we're going. And then uh, we, we go to our earth yep. science lab, and we were absolutely buzzing in that earth science lab. We get in the car. We drive straight through to Philadelphia. We drop our stuff off literally at, like, 630. We my- literally drop our stuff off, run into the arena, as the national anthem is going. And as we're running. And hey, and I wasn't much of an athlete growing up, so I never like really got like the goosebumps, jittery feelings. The first time I really got that was when we entered our aisle and everyone was standing for the national anthem. It was just this sea of orange. Yep, it's pitch black. <laughs> pitch black. And Dan and I looking goofy as ever next to each other in our retro sabers gear. Retro sabers gear. And we're trying to run to our seats. And grown men and women are purposely throwing their shoulders into us to slow us down, screaming expletives at us. It's just the, it's honestly the most trash city in the world. So I, I hate Philadelphia more than anywhere else in the world. So game one was special because <clears throat> game two was great because, you know, there was a lot of Sabres fans who made the trip down and, and I'd say there was a decent contingent of Sabres fans, but game one was special in the fact that, there were no Sabres fans there. There were like eight that I saw total throughout the whole entire night. Dan got a beer spilled on him. Um, I was just like nervous sitting in my seat. And we were we had re- these seats were from they were really, they were good really seats. nice. Lower bowl one hundred. We sat next to this guy that definitely did not want to sit next to us, but was respectful enough to you know engage in conversation. We're just trying to ease the tension. And so Bill, being the bright young man, once. Leans over and says, boy, you know, that Bobby Clark. And the guy's face lights up, and I'm thinking, yes, this is something we can meet some common ground on. And, you know, Bill takes a sip of his beer and goes, man, one of the most overrated players in NHL history. I met underrated. And just calmly looks forward, and I turn, and I'm waiting for him to say something, and the guy looks like he's going to punch us in the face. And I think I said, finally said, did you mean underrated? And Bill's face went completely white. Looked over and goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I meant underrated. And that was really the end of the decent relationship we yep. had with that guy. After the second period, it was 0-0. Dan had pants on. He took those off. He said, you know, fortune favors the bold. He had his little low-cut Zuba Sabre shorts on. And uh, Patrick Coletta, who I would love to get on the show to talk about this, scores with like five minutes left. 
and the Sabres win one nothing. And I, I, I promise you, I, I swear, I, we stood up and screamed out of pure emotion and pure reaction. I really thought you heard the echo of our scream yeah, it was in the building. It was so quiet. In, in all seriousness, there could not have been more than a, than a hundred Sabres fans in the whole place. No, and the Bobby Clark guy just grabbed my arm and just said, "Just sit down. Just sit down. <laughs> just sit down." So then, fast. I mean, that's a great night. But real quick story before game two, I remember my dad calling me like a couple hours before game two. He's like, "Bill, this is an order." This is this is not a request. This is an order. You will not wear your Sabres gear in that arena. Those Philly fans are crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm wearing my stuff. I'm surprised you didn't drive down and try to find you. <laughs> Got to go get my boy. So that is, <laughs> so that is without question the best one we've been to. And then we're trying to think back. We've been to so many. We're trying to think of the highlight ones. I would say number two would be a minor league hockey game. Denny Hamel night. Denny Hamel night in Binghamton. They were honoring Denny Hamel, former Sabre, ironically. The place was buzzing. It was, it was awesome. an electric atmosphere. I don't know why we went. We, we, we got Speedy's Chicken as well, Binghamton's finest. We sat by Lindy Ruff. We did sit by, <laughs> yeah, we sat by Lindy Ruff. Oh, that's right. We sat by Lindy Ruff, got a picture with him. We talked to the bus driver who. About, he didn't like Drew Stafford. And he hated Mikhail Grigorenko. And we hung out with Luke Adam after the game. Yes, we did. And and the coach loved Cortland. Yeah. Remember um, that? Was it Cunnyworth? Yeah, he said, no, he said, uh, what was his name? But he's like, you guys going to go to Woody's later? Yes, he did know Woody's. <laughs> he did know Woody's. We got, yeah, that's right. We got a picture of Luke Adam. You still have that video. Yeah, it was a video. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then, then we almost got killed driving home. On the way home, I, there was a truck coming. I went to swerve a little bit, and I'm almost positive my left rear tire was hanging over the side of a cliff because we hit some ice. And I remember just driving for the next three minutes in complete silence. And I don't think either of us took a breath in those three minutes either. Hey, quick recommendation. If you're ever in the area, Binghamton Senators hockey on like a Friday night is fantastic. So that was a good one. I would say some railing off some ones that were good, not great. We went to a really good Sabres game one time. uh, Early on in our friendship, actually. I think one of the first breaks we had from college after meeting in the fall. When Sabres won, that's when Drew Stafford scored a hat trick. The Sabres won in a shootout. We also went to one. We, we went to one where Stafford scored. Oh, you know what was another good game? Oh, Ottawa in Ottawa. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we went. That's right. That's got to be the one with the Lebovich twins. We went to. We drove up from Cortland. So Cortland's basically the halfway point between Buffalo. Eh, I don't know if it's halfway point, but I know Ottawa's it's straight uh, north straight, on the eighty-one. Straight shot up north, three hours. So we went to Ottawa. Sabres won the shootout. Kotalik, shocking. Scored the shootout goal. I think. I thought it was Stafford. You know what's funny? Brett told me it was Kotalik early. So some I, I think that's before. That's after Kotalik time. I don't think it is. No, Kotalik was way before like 2010 and 2013. All right, maybe. That was another good one. We were literally, our backs, we were two rows from the very top of the arena. But we got like free beer in the intermission, which was awesome. That was a really good one. Uh, what I was gonna yeah, say, yeah, it wasn't Coda League. Shoot, I had a really good one before. What hockey game did I say we were gonna? Oh, the Blue Jackets game with Sappy and Keith when the Sabers were down either three or four nothing, going in like late in the second, if not in the third, and we, I think we might have single handedly rallied the team to victory, and they won in overtime. That was a good one. That was a good one. And then the other ones I'm thinking a couple of Bills games. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, and this is a little bit sad to me, but there hasn't been like any 
extremely legendary, maybe primetime Bills games. And Dan and I have had seasons now for eight years in a row. But a couple stick out that I, I'm not, I'm not going to put in the elite t- territory, but some very good games. We had the Packers game. Uh, that's the Bakari Rambo game where he picked Rodgers a couple times. And the Bills won late December. We had the, the Cam Newton pa- uh, Panther game when, when EJ. Ron Rivera punted on like fourth and one from the Bills 40, and then the Bills end up coming back. And EJ tossed the, the game winner to Stevie. But most other games, Dan left by half, so we really didn't share the whole game. For one reason or the other. Our next topic comes from one of our most loyal listeners, our good friend Jim Doyle, who wants to know the Mount Rushmore of bank holidays and we're not going to do a Mount Rushmore but we're going to list off some of our favorite I don't think and it's definitely recency biased Memorial Day is always a great one and not only because it, it officially you know kickstarts the summer but it's usually pretty good weather you get the grill out for the fir- probably the first time uh, we usually have the Memorial Day classic wiffle ball game here in Kenmore so that's always a good time I- I'd say Memorial Day is up there as an elite bank holiday that's elite for sure it's kind of like the kickoff of summer as well and um, kind of a really good time for everyone to kind of be able to think about what they're thankful for. You know, there's a lot of people who lay their lives on the line for, for us to have the freedoms that we do. Correct. How about one of your elite ones? Elite, I'd say, <clears throat> I don't, I'm a little bit unique in this area where I'm not, I'm very, very picky eater. So I actually have never really enjoyed the food on Thanksgiving, but as I've grown older, I've I've grown to appreciate what Thanksgiving is all about, and I love the football. And I love this past one, the Bills beating the Cowboys was special. I think we should eliminate ones like New Year's, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Christmas fine, Easter. Fine, then I, I got another one I can go to. Go I love Columbus Day yes, because that's it's, a good one. it's right next to my birthday, so I always get the three-day weekend by my birthday. Yep, so NFL I like that season's one. in gear, maybe head down to Oktoberfest. Very good one. Fourth of July, I think, is a great one. Middle of summer, I usually head up to Crystal Beach in my cottage. It's my dad's birthday. That's always been a special one for the family. Labor Day sucks. That one means your school's about to start. What are some other ones? President's Day is a nice break right when school starts. MLK Day. MLK Day, yep. That's a good one. Right in the beginning of January, so right when you get back from Christmas break. Labor Day. (laughs) I just said Labor Day. It sucks. Okay. Well, you got the point, Jim. Our final one, our final Q&A for B&D comes from Joe Krause, the NT professor. I am a huge fan. I know Bill's a huge fan, so thanks for the question, Joe. We really appreciate it. If there was a Buckets and Dan movie, who would play Buckets, who would play Dan? And my initial thoughts, of course, are Leonardo DiCaprio and John C. Riley. but those are just my, my initial two. Those are for you? No, that's Leonardo DiCaprio for me and John C. Riley for you. I'm just screwing with you. That's just messing with you but I, I would say honestly if someone had to play me it would be someone with like a really awkward awkward personality and terrible body like just skinny and ugh, like michael sarah or something like that so uh i did the um not gonna lie i did like the for the first time ever i bought into that scheme where you just let the camera take a picture of you and they tell you what actor you would be what'd you get i just kept getting russell crowe yeah you're such a <laughs> i really such did a liar so uh, I don't know. You'll, you'll have to tell us, Joe, who you think would play us. But we really appreciate all the questions. Remember, if you have a topic you want us to talk about, please feel free to send it in. Hashtag Q&A for BND. Make sure you use the number four. So now we'll move on to our Mount Rushmore of chicken wing spots in western New York. 
Pat Moran, Sean Duncan, it was awesome, snake draft, and this thing will get you thinking. It'll get your mouth watering for when bars reopen. Got 16 great wing spots. Here we go! The Mount Rushmore of Wings is brought to you by MPR Restaurants, and I got a couple things to tell you about Rizzo's. First of all, Rizzo's on Eggert is reopening, and once the bars are reopened, I'm telling you, it's going to be a great spot. Like I said, yours truly could be be behind the pine. Dan, we might even be doing a, like a full-blown show there because we bought equipment to move us. We could go remote. Would love to do a remote location. We could go remote at Rizzo's on Eggert. That would be a fun one. But in all seriousness, they're doing great takeout stuff right now. Uh, and I want I want to blast a couple other things here because I'm a 10-year vet. I'm a big banquet guy. Love serving banquets. And where I started, where my roots are is Banchetti by Rizzo. And there is nothing, I am telling you, I, I will promise this. There is no other place that you get more bang for your buck than you do at Banchetti by Rizzo. So think about them. If you're looking for a shower, wedding, you name it, they're fantastic there. Andrew Pawlowski, best manager in the game. That guy has grown up there. I remember him being an old high school lad. Now he runs the place. Third thing, Rothland Golf Course out in Akron, Clarence area. Gotta love it. Good value there, too. We talk about bang for your buck when you talk about NPR restaurants. That's a great little golf course. Get out there. They're open. Single carts. You name it. All three things. You tell them buckets and dancing. We have some special guests with us, and I'll be honest, I feel like the underdog here because we have some some legends in the wing game with us joining for our Mount Rushmore of Western New York chicken wing spots. We have Pat Moran, who spent all last summer touring Western New York wing spots. Sounds like a dream job, actually. So he's a real savant when it comes to this topic. We have, obviously, my co-host, Billy Buckets, who went viral for bringing the wings to the Buffalo Bills at the airport. Um, whether or not we should have gotten Brandon Brennan Graham, who refuses to get any... In, any recognition for doing that with Bill is another topic. And then we also have our good friend Sean Duncan, who's consumed more wings than I think anybody I've ever met in my entire life. So, uh, Pat, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's good to be on, man. And uh, I listen, I love talking about wings. And day or night, seven days a week, anytime, uh, I'm always down to do that for sure. I, I miss him a lot. Probably the number one thing I miss about Buffalo, and it's always the first thing I do every time I get back to town. It's just uh, – start going right to places and reviewing and ranking new spots. And Sean, you're our uh, heavy hitter here. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. I haven't done a whole lot of reviews, but I have eaten quite a few. Perfect. Um, the, the 2019 total was... Yeah, do you want to tell us what the 2019 total was for you? Calculated sure. every wing you consumed? Every wing on the year, calendar year, 2019 was 1,220. And that's also, it ended kind of short because of your injuries you suffered in hockey, correct? Yeah, yeah. Take the last couple of weeks of December out yeah. there, yeah. Didn't have, yeah. Lost a couple of teeth, so it was, it was tough. <laughs> hey, hey, Pat, I got a question for you. So I love, I've actually used your chicken wing rankings to like see where I want to go next. And I'm sure a lot of people have. It's become really cool. Um, on your website, you've done a lot of great stuff. 
so tell me, how did you, st I know you moved to Florida in 2016, so how did this whole chicken wing and the review and the website and the rankings thing start for you? Well, I'll tell you what, man. So I, I grew up, I was born and raised in Buffalo. I lived there most of my life. And in, in 2016, I went to Florida. And when I was in Buffalo, all the years that I had chicken wings, actually, I didn't eat chicken wings as a kid. It wasn't until I became an adult where I started eating chicken wings regularly. But even when I did, I always went to the same two or three spots. I didn't really try places. So I was very boring and bland when it came to wings. And then when I went to Florida, I started going around here in parts of town having wings and also pizza. And it's just absolute trash. It's garbage down here in Florida, <laughs> the wings. And uh, they, they really are. I mean, they're they're terrible. They, they are as bad as advertised. So I'm, I'm fortunate because, well, I, I know it's true though. It is. So I'm fortunate enough because of my job and also obviously a lot of family and friends that I get to go back to Buffalo three, four times a year at a minimum during the summer. I'm there for a good five, six weeks for work purposes. And I decided when I went back in 2017 that I was just going to start hitting up every single chicken wing spot that I never went to when I lived in Buffalo. And I would start writing up little reviews about them, nothing serious. I mean, I wasn't taking it serious at all. I'll talk about the pros and cons. I would find a quarterback to compare some of these places to, and then I would give them a score. And instead of saying like A through F or, you know, a one through 10, I would, my system would be, if it was an NFL season, what this place's record would be. You know, I like if I liked a place, it would be an 11 and five place to go to have wings and stuff like that. So then I eventually did start power ranking them. And I learned pretty quickly that everyone has an opinion on chicken wings and it really took off for me and it did well because you know, you could have sports takes and frankly, a lot of people don't give a shit about what I got to say about the bills or the savers and stuff like that. When you start talking about chicken wings, I think it, it hits a spot with everybody because Absolutely. to some extent, everybody likes wings. So everybody has a take, everybody has an opinion on them. So yeah, it took off and it did, and it's done very well. I hit a place. I don't want to say every day, but almost every day, every time I get back to Buffalo and then I write about it and then I rank them. I like how you talk about how much weight you gain when you come here. Hey, so <laughs> tell me this. Have you ever gotten free wings? Has any has any place ever tried to bring you in? And do you think you get recognized at this point where they're like, hey, this is Pat Moran, and we know he's going to put this stuff on the Internet? Well, I'll, let me say this. I do. There, There's a handful of places where I get free wings, but it's because I also will do a podcast there. Got it. And, and talk about the place. But having said that, and I want to be completely fair here, every time I've done that, every time I've taped a show somewhere, it's never been the first time I've tried those wings. Right. I've been to some places where I've already had the wings. I already know that I like them. I've already talked about them. And then I would go back there and say, hey, I'll tell you what, I've been here. I like your place. I'll do a podcast here. We'll talk about the wings. We'll highlight them. I'm going to have a guest with me. And, uh, you know, kind of hype the place up a little bit, talk about the wings and and I'll do a show there. So in those cases I get free wings, but I've never had somebody say, Hey, that's uh, you know, that's the guy who writes about wings. I want to give him free wings, let him know these are free and in, in exchange. I want him to say nice things right. about it that I don't do because again, I don't take this serious nor do I think anyone should, but at the same token, there has to be some type of integrity to it. I don't want to be bought with free food as nice as having free food is. You know, to give a good review and stuff like that. I, I kind of want to be as honest with people. There's some places, guys, that I know the owner. I'm friends with the owner. In one case, there's a place that I've been friends with the owner for 40 years. And I went there and I didn't like the wings. And I had to say that. I was being honest about it. So I, I am very truthful with how I do it. So there is at least a little bit 
of a level of seriousness when I do them. Yeah, you got to throw out friendships in the wing game. I've said it for years. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get started. We did a randomized order, and it ended up going Buckets, Dan, Pat, and then Sean will have two on the way back. So we start our Western New York Mount Rushmore of Wings with Mr. William Buckets. Go ahead. Yep, I'm going Bar Bill. It's the industry standard. I like how they got a ton of flavors. Um, <clears throat> it's always jumping there, so it's always a treat when you get to go there. And I haven't got to the Clarence location yet, but I'm going to try. I thought this was a... A pretty solid number one, almost unanimous pick. A lot of people really like Bar Bill. Yeah, yeah. I think um, definitely the consent's number one. And I don't think there's a meal in Buffalo that if someone said, you know, I, you know I'm coming to Buffalo for the first time, what can you, uh, where, what, where can you bring me? I would give them the roast beef wing combo at Bar Bill every single time. I think it's outstanding. Pat, that had to have been high on your, your big board. <laughs> it is high. <laughs> it's, it's in my top four for sure. I, I'm glad that you said the beef on whack because I think it's the combo mm-hmm. of being able to get wings and beef on whack that makes Bar Bill really stand out. I think it's replaced Anchor Bar in Duff's is the place where you would recommend it to people who are coming into town. You know, it's, it's a local favorite, but it's also very touristy as well. Like it's a place that a lot of people now come from out of town and that's the place they go to instead of Anchor Bar. I would agree. Um, I'll go quick with my second one. I think it's another one that's a staple for, you know, when you talk about wing spots in Buffalo. I'm going to go Gabriel's Gate. I've had, I've honestly, I've only had a few times in my life, but they've hit every single time. And a couple of them have been after maybe um, I could have eaten anything after a Bills game, but they still hit very well. I think it, for me, I'm big on, I like them crispy and I don't like small wings. And I didn't think they were too saucy. I thought, um, you know, I'm a classic medium guy. I thought they were. Very well done. Very well done. Sean, do you have uh, Gabe's Gate review? Yeah, I've had them three or four times maybe, and they're not anywhere near the top of my list. Whoa. Uh, never, right. never had um, good experience there. Not, not the experience, but the wings themselves. I've never had, they've never been crispy for me. I don't know what it is. Um, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of how I got them, but um, I'm sure they were hot. But I've never had them crispy. All right, well. Then, Which again, it's big, like you said, it's yeah. big for him. So okay, that brings us to Pat. You're up. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys have kind of left me in a quandary here because the two that are actually number one and two on my big board are both there for me, mm-hmm. and I, I really like them a lot. I tell you, this is tough. I'm going to go with 911 Tavern. That's going to be my first pick, and I, I got to say this briefly too. I hate every single thing about 911 Tavern until the food comes out. Everything from the service. They have it away forever. You never know when the place is going to be open. Wow, that's amazing. You cannot take them out. You have to have them there. Everything about 9-11 I am not a fan of, but when the wings come out, if you're a traditional wing guy, they don't have fancy flavors. In fact, that's not even an option. But if you like medium or if you like hot, there's not a better wing in Western New York than 9-11 Tavern. So for that reason alone, once those wings come out, I got to go 9-11 Tavern. And I think I speak for everyone else in the draft is I have, I didn't want to take, like, I know that was high on a lot of lists. I have never had it. And I believe it's, I know it's been on Sean and I's bucket list for a while to go get them. Um, but Sean, did you, have you ever gotten there yet? Nope, never. Yeah. I'm saving it. <coughs> excuse me. I'm saving a spot in my top five for him, but yeah. I have not been there. So yep. I'm glad Pat, Pat went with the, with the nine eleven. So Bill, have I, you ever had them? I have had them once and they're fantastic. Everything Pat said is true. Let's go to Sean. <clears throat> All right, let's go to Sean. 
you got back to back here. So I think I know one of them. What you're gonna pick? Because I've had about 500 of wings of these wings with yeah, you. But well, <clears throat> round one we'll go Elmos. Okay, all right. Pick number four, Elmos. Right. Only been there, I want to say twice. Um, wing or their the flavors, fantastic. Perfect size, crispy. Never had you know problems there. So they're up there for me. And then one round two, like you mentioned, we'll go Moonies. Okay. Perfect. I had, I should have counted off my list here how many I had for Moonies in 2019. <laughs> um, I wish I did that before, but I didn't. But um, many hundreds, we'll call them, last year. So I like that. And, Pat, and they've, been, they've been great lately, especially takeout. Oh, that's true. Um, you know, takeout can be tough sometimes if they haven't boxed up, but they've been, they've been crispy. They've been good lately, too. So, yeah, a couple of things. One, um, I know I got Mooney's recently, too, and what they do is they Nets, don't... Nets, let me confirm. I'm sorry, Dan. Mooney's on military. Yes, true. That's a, that's big. They're all under the same umbrella, but they're all different food there, so... Um, what they've been doing at Mooney's on military is not finishing them off till you come in and report that you're there. So when you get them, they're definitely fresh, crisp. They're not just sitting in the styrofoam. And, Pat, I'll tell you this, just a side note. Um, Sean... Me and I know his father and a couple others, we get together. Once everything opens back up, we will restart this. But we get together uh, pretty much a good amount of Saturdays around 1 o'clock, and we call it Wing Club, but it's really just sitting around Mooney's crushing medium Cajuns and drinking beer if you're ever in town and want to join us for that. I'll be down to it. I'll tell you what, Mooney's is pretty high on my list as well. That's the only Mooney's location I've been to. I actually know the owner. I started in the bar business with the owner in the early to mid 1990s. I don't want to sound all old here and stuff, but I've known him for a long time. They got very good wings there. I'm a big fan of Mooney. So a little bit surprising that it's that high, but I, I like the pick. That's a little of uh, that's a little bias for me, yeah. but and like Dan said, I've never had nine 11 um, and a couple other places that, that I would think would be up there, but um, can't, you know, can't put it on the list. Yeah, I would have actually cut you from the draft if you didn't pick Mooney's as one of your first two picks. So uh, we go back to Pat for your second pick. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Under this scenario, I'm running to the podium to give you my pick. I just told you a minute ago that my top two picks were still on the board when I was on the clock at three. They're still there at five as well, the second pick. It's Macy's Place Pizzeria. Now, I know this is kind of becoming a a trendy place on Twitter, but it's still relatively new. I went there last August. And on a recommendation of my cousin, had never really heard of the place, absolutely blown away by these wings. They're they're big, they're crispy, they're incredibly saucy. In fact, that would probably be the one thing, if you're not a fan of saucy wings, maybe this place won't be for you. You better ask for them to not be saucy. But I'll tell you what, I've had, I've done a show there. I've done a podcast there. I've had um, hot Cajun. They're just absolutely incredible. Hot honey mustard. They have such a variety of wings. They do so many different things with them. Good pizza, too, but they kind of mess around with, like, a million different styles of pizza. That Mm -hmm. turns me off a little bit. But these wings are absolutely incredible. This is, for me, this is a top two place. So to be able to get them with, with what, the sixth pick, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thrilled at this point. Yeah, that's another – I've only had it once, so I didn't want to take that. Same? All right, good. Uh, Now we go to me, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm a – Sweet. I'm going to take um, a place again. Now, this one I've had a little more often due to um, coaching and being out in Williams a couple times. I'm going to take the Amherst Ale House. I actually really like their pizza, too, but um, I love the environment there. I've never had – you talk about good, crispy wings. They crush it every single time. Um, great beer selection, too, so it's a nice environment. Uh, I'm going to go Amherst Ale House. Great pick, Dan. Very I like solid. that. 
And now we go to Bill. Bill for the wraparound. Oh, wow. I forgot I got two. So here's the deal. I'm going with a place that I know, you know, we live in the North Towns, and I don't think I'm going to get many votes once this goes out to Twitter based on this place. But I went here on a recommendation when I saw Pat Moran's wing list. I went here, and I was stunned. I was amazed by this place. Sunny Reds in Lackawanna. They're owned by the same people as uh, – I believe Mulberries, who kind of got the famous meatballs going, but these wings were absolutely fantastic. I went with my friend who's in the priesthood, actually, and I, we were just both blown away. Uh, sunny Reds for me. All right. very. right. I've never had them. Pat, do you, do you agree that that's a top top pick? I would say they're one of the best three wings, I would say, after 9-11 and Barbell. Sunny Reds has probably got the third best traditional regular oh chicken wing in western new york i absolutely agree i mean i love that place i've been there i've probably been there more times in the last three or four trips than i've been anywhere else i've i I love it i I did a show with eric wood there too and uh and reed ferguson as well and uh i we couldn't it's not just me people everyone i've had wings with there they rave about it it's one of those places that i think as more people start to know about it it's just going to grow in popularity fantastic wings Okay. Second pick here, another. It's a very. It's not well known, Pat. I don't even know if it's on your list. Climax Tavern, North Tonawanda. Oh, it's, on, it's on his list. Okay, one of the last bars open in uh, on Oliver Street. You got to talk to Corky. There's two people that pretty much work in the place. He bartends. His wife. I, I don't know if it's his wife, but she she cooks <laughs> the wings. You pretty, you go back in the kitchen to place your order. It it's like a. It's turned into like a better Duff's for me. Yeah, I, I, that's. I, I saw that on your list, too. It's definitely an, um, a different experience, too. Right, Pat? It is. And I'll tell you what. Everybody talks about Dwyer's Irish Pub because they're kind of close, and that's a more popular, trendy place to get wings. Climax is 10 times better than them. I agree. Not It's not even close. That's they're, how much better their wings they're are. They're good for, like, their Wait. traditional medium and their traditional yep. hot. They're huge, and they're cheap. And it's not even like – I can't remember the price off the top yeah, of my they head. They are cheap. It's not – it's they're cheap. It's not even a special. It's just they're cheap, and they're good. They're yeah. very good wings. Yeah, if you like anything fried from – yeah, like fried clam – anything fried, go to Kleenex because I think that's <laughs> all on their menu, but it's it's still great. Um, I th- I'm back up, and I'm going to go with one. I've only had it once, and I'm picking this – I know it's been – it's, again, it's a um, hot-button issue for people in the, the Kenmore area cause just because of how weird the experience is, but – Wing nuts. It's it's a former um, Knights of Columbus banquet room, so it's still just just a bunch of banquet tables and then a counter where they cook them in the back. So I coach a basketball camp at the Knights of Columbus through Healthy Buffalo in the summer, and I it's literally right outside the gym, so I was smelling them. So I placed an order, came back to pick them up, and <laughs> I go to place my order, and the owner comes out from the back and says, um, "I know you're taking them to go, but it loses its luster. I need you to have one wing here." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, sit down. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I, I sat down. He brought the one wing out, and he just stared over the top of me and watched as I ate the wing. And it was very uncomfortable, but it's a different wing. It's like a breaded, very flavorful, very saucy flavor. Um, I, I thought they were very good, a little uncomfortable. And he was right. They were just a little um, less appetizing when I brought them home in the styrofoam, but I thought they were still very good, and I love a little hole-in-the-wall place like that, so I'm going wing nuts. Did you have a similar experience in wing nuts, Pat? I think that place might be one of the most extreme places in western New York. Like, there's no in-between. You either love it or you hate it from people I've talked to. Personally, me, I loved it. It was definitely a different experience. You talked about the Knights of Columbus thing. It feels like you're going to have wings 
at the break room yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of your where you work. You know what I mean? Because of the way it is, you sit in with strangers at a table with seven, eight people at a table. Yep. It's not like you had these little tables broken off. I they deny that the wings are breaded for for the record. Oh, really? Yeah, they do. I thought they are. I wrote that they were. I still think that they are. So that turned me off a little bit, but they still, they were different. They were good. They were huge yeah, wings. Were huge. Again, very saucy, good crisp. I really liked it a lot. The owner was awesome. It felt like a, a true, legit family place. I was a big fan of it. I agree. Now, Pat, you're back up. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you get, if you, with this pick, pick uh, whoever was third on your big board, I'm going to feel really bad about everyone else's pick. So it's your pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not third on my big board, but it is five. So now I've gotten three of my top five with my picks. I'm going with Dalmatia Hotel in Riverside. And I got to say, the bar itself is one of those little divey dump bars, which I love, I love Berkeley and Buffalo and Western New York, and a lot of people do. But I will say this. It's not for everybody. Like, it's the kind of bar in that kind of area. I don't have to talk. I'm not trying to, you know, right. Riverside or anything, but – Let's put it this way, man. You don't want to be there at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah, it's not the place to go on a date night. You know what I mean? That kind yeah. of thing. It's Again, it's a very divey bar, character-driven. But the wings are fantastic. I went there with my wife and my children, believe it or not, for lunch because it was on my list of places that I heard, heard that I needed to try. They have a ton of different wings, like dozens of them. And the one that really stood out to me was a Chevetta's barbecue Oof. it was just absolutely or it was it wasn't barbecue she bet it's cajun mm -hmm. just absolutely amazing a lot of people don't know about this place again it's in riverside not the most attractive area people from the suburbs probably are not going to want to go there for a date night or whatever but in terms of wings themselves they're they're a top five place for me or at least a top six place for me for sure this is why you're the expert i've never even heard of the place <laughs> so we i i will definitely try them they're good i promise you the wings are good again it's a dive bar it's kind of like Clemix. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, in North Tonawanda. Mm -hmm. It's that exact same type of vibe and that same type of bar, but it's in Riverside instead of North Tonawanda. Except I'd bring my future wife to Clemix any day with Corky behind the bar. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Pat, <laughs> Pat, when you say the words dive bar, you're not scaring any of us yeah, you're, away. you're talking to the right three people. <laughs> All right, Sean, so you have back-to-back uh, -back here. Yeah, we're going to go round three. We'll go Duffs. Duffs, solid. For whatever solid. reason, I feel like they get – it's the cool thing to hate on Duff's on Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. For whatever reason, I've never had bad wings from Duff's. Always people complain too much sauce. Um, I've never had that problem. Uh, drop a level of heat if you got it. But again, Fair. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I, it is. I would say the only thing I don't like about Duff's is I'm a guy, and anybody that's ever seen me eat can attest to this. I can't not devour my food right when I get it. And that those wings are yeah. piping hot yeah. when they come to you on the table. And I can't just sit there and wait for them to cool down and the <laughs> doesn't work on yeah. those Duff's wings. If you give them a minute though, they're always crispy. You know, I don't know. Again, never had a bad experience. Um, next one will go similar to the, to the dive bar talk. We spent a few Sundays in there when we were living on sweet home road um, during our UB days, but Autobahn North. Oh yeah. Ooh. That's good. Yeah. Very good. Hot barbecue. Hot barbecue from there. All right. Um, another yeah, place. You're right. Another place I've never been, but I can. Yeah, it's I good. yeah we lived, we lived, yeah, half a mile down the road. So we spent a few Sundays. So every time we were in there, there was maybe three people sitting at the bar, all uh, pretty intoxicated. And then <laughs> you know, we had a table in the corner, and that was about it. So. Um, all right. But so 
Duffs in Audubon North. Pat, do you agree um, with the overblown hype on Duffs? And I know Audubon North is high on your list. I It's not that I don't like Duffs. It's just that it's overrated only because it's talked about so much. It's kind of like a, a popular singer. She's a, you know, you can be a great artist, but you, it's just jammed down your throat to the point that it kind of turns you off a little bit. That's my only issue with them. And plus, for me personally, I don't like the fact that the wings are hotter than what they say they are. If you get a medium, you really get hot. It's like you need to yeah, have a degree in science sometimes to know what kind of wings <laughs> yeah. you're going to get out of there. Audubon North, is that's a great pick. That's absolutely fantastic. I've had them many times. That's one of those places that I have done a couple shows. I did a show with uh, Tim Graham at Audubon North. I did a show with Matt Perino there before. They cook their wings if you want hot Cajun on the grill. They cook them right in front of your yeah. face on the grill. They're yeah, fantastic. The wings. I yeah. love that place. Uh, perfect. So Sean, Sean, that wraps up your team. That's it. You're, That's you're it. all set. So Pat, I got a couple of my, uh, I see I have Duff's in my top five, but That's good. So, again, I agree. I agree with what Pat said. That's again, why people like to hate on it. I think because, yeah. because it's, you know, it's Duff's and anchor bar have right. always been, you know, the big names, but, so you're wrapped up. We'll we'll wrap up all of them at the very end. But you're all set, Pat. Your last pick. Not an easy one here, but I'll tell you what. It's known for binge drinking and partying because it's right across the street from New Airfield. But I'm gonna actually go with O'Neill Stadium Inn. They got a good selection of wings, kind of like Dalmatia Hotel in that there's dozens of flavors. They're they're very good wings, and I'll tell you what. I must. I'm. I got to throw. My guy, Sal Capaccio, under the bus with this one, too, because I did do, I, again, O'Neill's along with Sunny Reds, partially because I told you my wife lives in the Lackawanna area. Every time we come back to Buffalo, I stay around that area. So Sunny Reds and O'Neill's are close to each other. So I'm at those places a ton. Anyway, I did a show with Sal there once, and he had the worst chicken wing take. Sal's one of the best Bills reporters in the business. Not the worst chicken wing take I've ever heard. We were taping a show, and we were talking about the wings, and he said, this is an unpopular opinion. But all wings are the same. No, <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, dude, <laughs> come on, man. That was that's awful take from one of Buffalo's best residents and best Bills reporters. But anyway, yeah, yeah O'Neill's is a really good, solid place. It's not elite. It's not the most spectacular place, but just a combination of so many good flavors puts them right up there among the best for me. So yeah, O'Neill's. What'd you say, Sean? They said, Pat, did that take make it to Twitter? I don't know if I remember seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if I put on Twitter. I don't know if I wanted to call him out on Twitter. I I was kind of stunned during the podcast when he said it. I almost had to stop. I was like, what? You're a good friend. He said all all wings are the same, meaning that they're cooked the same. And then it comes down to how you make the sauce that makes or breaks a wing. And I I just, just, (laughs) with all due respect, I love sale, but that's not a take I agree with. They're cooked differently. The, the, The better places know how to cook them perfect. They're nice and crispy. Some places they taste like rubber. So, I don't agree with that take at all. I had O'Neill's the night before the Bills opener. We stayed in a camper um, this past in, in this past fall. I was probably going to take them, Pat, if you didn't. But unfortunately, your your big board was leaked to the entire world with you being you having it online. <laughs> uh, I stayed true to my board. <laughs> so I'm, I'm proud I, of that. I got to say, O'Neill's wings are unbelievable. They were some of the best wings I've ever had. They were awesome. Yeah, yeah I like them. All right, I'll wrap up my team. Another. Um, Another, uh, I guess, biased pick here, but I, I coach high school basketball, and this is our post-game spot, so we get the, the grilled medium cage in there um, a few times a week in the winter, but I'm going to go with grill at the dome. 
Um, the one, my one complaint would be, I think they're a little small, um, but they they come out fire. And um, I guess maybe it's the fact that we're most most we're either celebrating a win or drowning out our losses with another thing that you can get at the dome. But I think the wings, I think the wings always hit very well. Did you end up going there, Pat? I've never been there. Where is this place? It's I got a uh, when it's I at my play. corner, the yeah, corner of my house. It's right at the uh, the Paddock Golf Dome. So I'm I'm sure you've seen the the golf dome in Fifty Cents on Tuesdays. Fifty Cent Wings on Tuesdays. They always have deals on Sabres games. They're very good grilled Cajun wings. Wow! No, I didn't know that. I'm definitely gonna have to try them. Love it. All right, so Bill, you're gonna Mr. Irrelevant. Let's yeah. see. Uh, uh, first, I gotta go quick honorable mention because I was gonna go Sales Lounge in Depew. I really enjoy those wings, but. Uh, I got to go with a chicken wing that I've just, I've had hundreds of them and they're not elite, but they're great. Not on your board either, Pat. I'm there quite a bit. The owner's wonderful, great people, great regulars, Curry's on Kenmore Ave. They got great medium Cajuns as well. Yeah. It's another place you'll have to check out. I want to give honorable mention to a place too, but you can only go there if you want barbecue wings and that's Lenova's oh, and the yeah. original location I'm talking about on the west side their barbecue wings are as good as anyone's in western New York but anyway if, if it's medium if it's hot then they're just typical pizza wings to me pizza joint wings mm-hmm. but if you want barbecue Lenova's is about as good as it gets all right so let's go eat uh one by one just one to two minutes just wrapping up with your team Bill are you happy with the team you collected I'm thrilled with it um three of my favorite places between uh, Bar Bill is going to get me, you know, a lot of popularity. But you look at, um, <clears throat> I'm blanking on the places I even took. You also took uh, <laughs> Sunny Reds, Kleemex, and Curry's. Yeah, these wings are all really strong, just traditional hot wings, medium wings, Cajun wings. So um, overall, really, really thrilled with how my board came out. Yeah, and I'd say getting Gabe's Gate, that should be a popular one. Again, I haven't had it too often, but the times I've had it, I've really enjoyed it. And the, my other three picks, I stayed true to being very local. Um, you know, some some biased picks for sure, but I love just either regular medium crispy or medium Cajun, and I've never had a bad experience at any of my other three of the Al House, Wing Nuts, and Grill at the Dome. Pat, you have to be thrilled with your team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got – look, I got – I have eight – I have four of my top eight on my board, including the top two. If I want a traditional wing, I go 9-11. If I want different varieties, I could go to Macy's or O'Neill's. If I want to get a variety and drink really cheap at a dump bar, I could go to Dalmatia Hotel. Or like I said, if I want to party near the Bills Stadium, I'll be at O'Neill's. So the combo, the food, the drink, the vibe, everything else, I, I, yeah, I'd be thrilled to, to be able to draft these guys. Now, I'm going to tell you this, Pat. It, I would, If I were you... I would make sure when we tweet this out from our account, I would make sure to quote tweet this and give your explanation that we can retweet because we have a lot of, I would say most of our listeners are going to be Northtown and Kenton area guys. So I don't know how many of, of those guys have been to the Dalmatian place and even O'Neill's. Um, so make sure to give your case. But again, you're the expert here. So no matter what happens in our poll, you stay true to yourself. Sean, how, how are you happy with your team? I'm happy. I got a, a few of my top five in Elmo's. Um, Mooney's obviously spent a lot of time there. Um, the top five is not secured because, like I said, I know I follow the Macy's Instagram. I know they're big right they're now. Great. I, I, haven't, I haven't had them yet. Um, and same with 9-11. Um, and, you know, Dan mentioned we've been trying there. So, um, so, like I said, it's a soft top five, but Mooney's, Elmo's are in there. Duff's is right there too, and then Autobahn, we used to spend some time there. So, 
Um, so I'm happy with it. And what I like most about this is that now, at least I do, I have a pl- some place I need to check out. I'm glad that we hit a couple places that you've never yeah. been to, Pat, so you can check those out. Um, yeah. But uh, thank you, everyone, so much for joining us, Pat. We really appreciate it. We'd love to grab you a um, grab a beer with you when you come back. And can you – I know you just changed the brand of your podcast. We're now talking – is that where we can find you on Twitter, Talking Buffalo? Well, my Twitter's at Pamarang Tweets still. But, yeah, the podcast is Talking Buffalo Podcast twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, and it's available on virtually every podcasting platform out there. Perfect. And we also want to thank you for all the help you've given us, all the questions we've shot you, and you just seem like a great guy, so we'd love to grab a beer next time you're in. And, uh, Sean, my my resident wing expert, uh, we appreciate you coming on as well. And anytime you want to grab some to go and we'll share some six feet away, I'd be happy to do that. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to make some tonight. Cal just brought some home. So perfect. We're going we're gonna to air fry them tonight. So if you want some, come on by. You can drop some off to Bucket tonight, and then we can read yeah. them for you. Uh, but, guys, thank you both so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Alrighty then. Thanks again to Pat Moran and Sean Dungan for joining us in the Mount Rushmore of chicken wing spots in western New York. Please go vote on what team you think is best. Go on Twitter at 716 Mount Rushmore. Nick Phillips and Adam Fran do a great job running that account. A lot of great content, very entertaining daily Mount Rushmore, so please make sure you go out and vote. We have a quick trivia challenge. Our lucky contestant this week was John Passman, who happened to be with us during the social distancing gathering on Friday, so we sat him down for a quick trivia. He went up against Buckets. Pretty entertaining. If you want to do the trivia yourself, make sure you pause the podcast after the question is announced. See how many you can get in 60 seconds. Very disappointed in myself. I know I can do better. I'm very, very upset. Well, there's always next week, Buckets. After that, we're going to launch it right into Rob Johnson, our Buffalo Sports Blast from the past, so enjoy. Here we go! This ad is brought to you by Shane Hurley. Shane is a smart, intelligent, and kind-hearted person. He also really just wanted to hear me say that about him. Shane would like to extend the following message to all of our listeners. Quote, always remember, you are your own dog, end quote. On a more serious note, unfortunately, due to the circumstances of the pandemic going on right now, the Matt Dungan Memorial Golf Tournament was not able to take place. Shane would like to extend the message that although we couldn't have fun on the course, we can still donate to the fund by sending a Venmo to the great Molly Dungan, Matt and Sean's mom. Her Venmo is at Molly-Dungan-2. So if you're interested in donating to the Matt Dungan Memorial Fund, please Venmo whatever you want to at Molly-Dungan-2. And we are excited to have our first ever trivia challenge here on Buckets and Dan Sportsland. We have our special guest, John Passman, joining us as the challenge to Buckets. John, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You got to speak into the mic, John. Thank you for having me. So we are going to do a quick trivia challenge, John. And you are going to have 60 seconds to name as many Bills starting quarterbacks since 2000 as you can. And if you get one wrong, that counts as minus one toward your final score. Are you ready? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Go ahead. Josh Allen. Trent Edwards. 
Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie. Uh, wow. Uh, Thad Lewis. <laughs> Five. Uh, okay. Jeff Tool. 30 seconds. Yep. Six. Uh, Matt Barkley. Yep. Um, Drew Bledslow. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Orton. EJ Manuel. Tyrod Taylor. Uh, since 2000, you said? Yep. I got to rewind here. 15 seconds. EJ, I said EJ Manuel, yep, right? Yep. I think and I'm done. And time. You have, I believe, 11 from what I, from pretty, what I took down. 11. Bad. That is not bad. That is not I bad. That's pretty, and we'll, we'll, bring, we'll, bring, we'll bring Billy Buckets in here. It is a Bills trivia question because okay. we had, of course, Rob Johnson on later this episode. But we have a trivia question of, well, we'll get to that in a second. All you got to know is that Johnny Passman got 11. So the goal to beat is 11. You have Bills starting quarterbacks since the year 2000. If you get one wrong, it counts as minus one, okay. just so you know. So the clock is ready, and go. Todd Collins, <laughs> Rob Johnson, <laughs> Doug Flutie, <laughs> E.J. Manuel, <laughs> Kyle Orton, <laughs> Thad Lewis, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, I said that one already. All right. Josh <laughs> Allen. All right. <laughs> uh, what else do I got here? Uh, <laughs> Drew Bledsoe. Uh, 25 seconds. Thad Lewis. Got that one. Tyrod Taylor. Okay. <laughs> Derek Anderson. Uh. Oh, so Bill just took his headset off. So he gave up. Not only he also not, guessed I'm Todd not. Collins, who did not start a game since 2000. So your winner and winner of a free Buckets and Dan t-shirt when we make that is John Passman. So Buckets is 0 for 1 in Trivia Challenge. So, Bill, thank you so much. And Johnny, thank you so much. That was our first edition of the Buckets and Dan Trivia Challenge. Alrighty then. The Bills make me wanna shout. Couple of tight ends. Johnson looking off to the sideline. Fourth and one. He has to get to the 27. Reamer's now in motion. Johnson wants to throw it. On the rollout. Johnson looking. Enzo. Throw it in. Touchdown. Eric Moore. What chemistry those two have had so far today, and Buffalo strikes first. And this is a new era for Buffalo quarterback Rob Johnson, the wide receiver Eric Moles. It's always been Jim Kelly to Andre Reid. This segment is brought to you by R.E. McNamara. Joining us now is nine-year NFL veteran, was a fourth-round pick out of USC by the Jacksonville Jaguars before joining the Bills from 1998 to 2001, later winning a Super Bowl ring with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2002, Rob Johnson. Rob, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us. Yeah, no worries. Not much going on. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. 
Uh, so, yeah. Reb, let's let's take it back a little bit. I didn't realize what a great career you had at USC. By the time you left, you held nearly all passing records, and you played with some unbelievable players like Keyshawn Johnson, Curtis Conway, Tony Baselli, who, who you'd actually come into the league with with the Jaguars. Talk a little bit about what it was like as a California kid to be so dominant at USC and some of your favorite college memories. College was great. Um, growing up in Southern California, you either loved SC or you hated them. There's, there's no one in between. I, I really like that. <laughs> that um, I don't know that any any program that has like, like the Raiders, the Bills are kind of like that. I think everyone pretty much likes the Bills. But <laughs> I like to love hate and um, I always want to play for them. And uh, being a SoCal guy, they always won, so everyone hated them. And, um, it was kind of uh, when I got there, we they were going. They went to three straight Rose Bowls. Then they had a, you know, I think the Sun Bowl. And then my freshman year, we were three and eight. So it was like, whoa! I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And uh, we actually turned around a little bit by the time we left. Um, but and ended up in the Cotton Bowl and then the Rose Bowl. But uh, yeah, it was um, it was it was a great time. I think college is probably the most favorite time period for uh athletes um it's not as much pressure as, as getting paid all that money and um there's uh there's still some amateurism to it um so it, it was very enjoyable hey rob buckets here i know it's more common for players to um to leave college early nowadays but you bursted onto the scene as at, on, at your junior season 29 touchdowns almost 3,700 yards. Was there any thoughts about declaring for the draft after that year? There wasn't because I threw a horrible interception on the two-yard line. To prevent, like, it hasn't been there since, and it hasn't been there for a while, but it was SC-UCLA for the Rose Bowl at the Coliseum, 100,000 people. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> one of the best days of my life and one of the worst. Like, we were down 17 nothing, came back. I threw a two-minute drive, got down the two-yard line. It's kind of like the throwback game. My whole career is kind of like almost um, got down the two-yard line. We got stuffed on two runs behind Baselli. Um, They had a good team. Uh, We tried a one-man play-action pass. Now thinking back as a coach, I'm like, what are we doing? We should have run that on first down. (laughs) Um, But it was my fault. I didn't see a guy. It was crowded. uh, And I threw it, and we got a pick. no saying that we we would have won, but it would. I mean, that's pretty much the worst way to end a great season. So I I had no thought of um, of leaving. Well, you have a, a strong senior year and actually bounce back with a great win to end your college career and end up being a fourth round pick by the Jaguars, who obviously already had a very capable quarterback in Mark Brunell. What was it like adjusting mentally going from a guy that just thrived at USC to now you're the young backup trying to learn as much as you can from a veteran? Yeah, it was um, it was very humbling, the whole draft process. I totally screwed up. It's kind of one of the reasons I went into like helping with my agent and helping kids going into the draft. I did that for about seven, eight years with my dad. Um, I got horrible advice from one of the best agents, just – I didn't work out pretty much anywhere. I didn't work out the combine because they didn't want Kerry Collins to work out. Uh, my pro day or SC's pro day, everyone had to go see Bill Walsh. That was like the thing. Uh, and so they're like, if you don't go to Bill Walsh, you're not getting drafted. And I'm like, oh, my God. All right. So I missed I, – I 
literally could not have done it any stupider. The um, only reason Jacksonville Coffin was out to work out Baselli, and Baselli was my roommate. And he goes, "Hey Rob, you want to work out?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll work out." And he's like, "Oh, that's not the word on you." And I was just like, "Oh shit." Oh no. I mean, I'm a coach's son. Yeah, I love to. I mean, I love working. I love working out. I love all that stuff. And to have that perception, it was just it. It crushed me. Um, and I worked out so well for him. They were going to take me at the end of the first, but they traded for Brunel on the night before the draft. <laughs> so they didn't need me. And then the second day rolled around, I was still there, so they took me. So yeah, I was actually third string when I got there because they had they uh, traded for Brunel. They had Steve Berline as the bridge guy, and I got to be back up by the end of the year. They got rid of Berline, and then it was just me and Mark. But I learned a ton from Mark. It was awesome. He's one of the uh, best guys in the NFL. Um, you know, it's 50-50 at best on good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very blessed. Berline was a good guy, too. So I, I was mentored by those two guys, and Coffin was such a hard-ass, and especially to me. Um, my dad was a hard-ass, too, so I, it really fit me well. Yeah, let's dive in a little. First, before we get to Coffin, I'd love to hear more thoughts on that, but I didn't realize how close you were with Tony Baselli. Um, are you still close with him? Oh, and yeah. When you, when you played – with him, I guess both places. Did you know like how dominant and what a Hall of Fame career he'd have? Oh God, yeah. I mean, we were roommates for three years, and I lived on his couch because he married one of our uh, a girl that I went to high school with, and I knew forever, and we knew families forever. So, um, being a fourth round pick, I just I crashed on their couch for a while. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, me and Tony were super close. I, you know, when you when you're done, you kind of fade away mm-hmm. um um he you know nothing personal like if we just if we saw each other again it'd be like nothing never left but uh or like we never you know we hadn't seen each other forever but it'd be like we just saw each other right um great guy and he's amazing he's super athletic um he was mean he became born again <laughs> i think that <laughs> took away a little bit of his edge because he was mean man <laughs> and I love that. And usually old linemen aren't mean. Right. Um, so you get an athletic, huge man that's mean. Oh, my God. So yeah, it's a travesty that uh, all the guys from Jacksonville those first two or three years kind of burn out quick just because, t- dude, we had 30 days of two days in Jacksonville. And I think we had one, like, maybe one practice that wasn't full pads. Like, it was crazy. He's killing us. Times have changed. And I think a lot. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, the NFL is like, I know you mentioned the numbers now, and it's just funny because they don't even, you can't compare them. Like, right. these, like I've worked out all these quarterbacks. Some guys that are completely average have great numbers just because, I mean, you can't hit receivers, quarterback. I mean, you don't have to be tough anymore to be a quarterback. Like, I mean, seriously, like, it's, um, and that was one of the first qualities, you know, besides accuracy, it was toughness. And it's completely changed. But, um, yeah, anyways. So they, it's it's funny because obviously Coughlin returned to Jacksonville and kind of burned out his his re-welcome there after a couple of years. I, it just doesn't seem like that approach works. And you're obviously a coach now. That, that approach doesn't work with today's athletes anymore. I mean, the Coughlin time and the hard nose. And if he, I bet if you asked him right now, he would go back to two days all those days. So um, would you agree that it's just a different way of coaching now? Yeah, I mean, you have to – like, I was with the Giants. They brought me in after two years off. I had Tom John surgery. And I think Tom wanted me to push some of – like, Eli and uh, their backup that they wanted. And I, I 
welcome the chance. But yeah, you need like he had Strahan in his corner and those guys. But they were on the. You could tell they were a Super Bowl type team. They had the talent. They had uh, Eli was great, young. Um, they had the right chemistry. Uh, but yeah, Tom had eased up a little at that point. Um, he was probably getting fired our second year in Jacksonville. We were three and seven. Just cut Andre Risen because Andre was uh, not happy with Tom. Any vet didn't like Tom, you know, because he was so hard. Um, I didn't care. Like my dad, my dad's. I mean, we're from steel mill towns in Pennsylvania. I know we're California, all that shit. But like my dad's just as big as a hard ass. So I, I loved it. I thrived in it. Um, but yeah, it, that today um, I had to re- read a book on millennials just so I could understand them. <laughs> And they really want you to be friends with them, which is opposite of like any like coach would ever want to be. They want you to know that you really care for them, and it's um, they'll still work work hard, but it's different. It's 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 definitely different. Yeah, I don't know if it'd work. I um, they probably just didn't have the right chemistry down there. Tom needs to be able to pick his guys, and it, it'd still work if Tom was able to draft and pick every one of his guys. But I think a lot of those guys were already there. And so, yeah, it's, you know, he's fighting a rebellion everywhere he goes. Mm -hmm. So you had, you sit behind Brunel for two years and then in your third year, you have one huge game uh, when you fill in for him in the next off season, you hear that the Buffalo bills have traded a first round pick and a fourth round pick to make you their new starting quarterback, as well as give you a huge contract. Where were you and what were your initial thoughts about it? Uh, So Tom called me. Tom was, I guess, Wade had even told me, um, Tom wasn't really wanting to trade me too much. I think he thought I could, um, I mean, Brunel was already, he was like a top five quarterback in the league, though, Mm -hmm. and the town loved him. Um, I'd played well. I think I led the, I mean, it doesn't mean shit, but I think I led the league in preseason my second and third years, too. So I had two good preseasons. Then I uh, had a couple other mop-ups, but yeah, the one good game, and I had a high ankle sprain that I shot up just to finish the game. Um, but yeah, uh, that was, um, I forgot, I forgot the question. <laughs> well, uh, what were your initial thoughts about coming to Buffalo? Oh yeah. So he calls me, I'm sorry. It's all right. Um, I'm getting older. It's a long day. Hits. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, um, so Tom calls me at my parents' house and he's like, Rob, I, I'm not doing this as a punishment. They're, they're a great organization. Um, and then he let me know. And I was, I mean, I was ecstatic. I mean, I really don't care where, like, I just wanted to start and I knew Buffalo was a great organization, obviously being single and from Southern California, uh, probably not the best area for me, but (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, honestly, everyone is always tell you, if you don't have any numbers by November, forget about it. (laughs) And like, you know, cause the weather is so bad. And then, they, they're t- we knew like Jim Kelly's offense, everything broke in because the wind was so bad that you couldn't really throw outside and outside the numbers. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there's a lot of preconceived, you know, or I don't know, stereotypes right. or whatever you want to say. But I mean, it was great. Butler was the best. I love Ralph. I love the team. The players were great. Um, it changed when they, you know, Mr. Butler left and, we brought in Tom, and you saw they didn't go to the playoffs for, like, whatever. Long time. 15 years. Yeah, it really changed. I mean, once Butler left, and Wade was a great um, great coach. I don't know about head coach, but.
but he's a great coach. Um, and for a veteran team like that, um, he was perfect. So it was, it was really good. I mean, the first two years, um, you know, we were really good. And then we slowly, you know, the salary cap with them having to play Doug and me that much money, we had to get rid of too many guys. Yeah. And so. now it's, it's so funny to think about like a, a guy coming in with like a prestigious um, thought about the Bills organization because Buckets and I are both 28. So we haven't seen much winning. Um, in our since we've really started watching football, but I mean, it's only a few years removed from their Super Bowl run. So, did you feel any added pressure? I mean, Wade Phillips, when you got there, even said this is the start of a new era. You signed the big contract, your name starter. Did you feel any pressure being in you know Jim Kelly's shadow and uh, the guy expected to lead the next era of the Bills? You know what? I don't ever. I put so much pressure on myself. It, it, I was at the game. <laughs> we played you guys. We played Buffalo late in the year. Jim got hurt and they yeah. booed him. And so like they, they cheered that he got hurt, you know, they were oh, booing geez. him during pregame. And that was his last year or even his last home game. Was that and the wild, was that the wild card playoff game? No. They, well, they booed him there too. They were chanting for Todd Collins. I, I couldn't believe it. I think the, the year after we played you again up there late in the year, um, Van Pelt came in for, or Todd came in, didn't play well. I don't, then Pelt ended up coming in for uh, Jim when he got hurt, mm-hmm. um, and or that was I don't I'm not sure it might have been the wild card game and then I, I don't think he was there the next year. Right, that was his last that game. Was, that was t- yeah yeah. So that was it was the wild card game where they cheered and were mm-hmm. chanting for Todd, and um, so no I, you know in in Pittsburgh we went and played them after they lost to the Cowboys and they were booing Neil O'Donnell. So I know how it is playing quarterback. So I, I just all take it with a grain of salt. And I always say if I play well, it won't matter. Um, we started off horribly. Um, not horribly. Like I had 10 stitches, 10 stitches in my chin and a concussion the first game. Then yep. Christy missed the late field goal. And we went down to Miami. who was really good. I think we lost 14 to 10. And then we had a two touchdown lead against the Rams who won the Super Bowl next year. And we blew it in the fourth quarter. And then we had a bye, and then the Niners were undefeated with Steve Young, and we beat them, and then we went on a roll. And we had our schedule eased up. I got hurt, and uh, and we took off from there. So after that, it was just basically me versus Doug or getting back in there. Um, so I didn't really feel that pressure too much. So And I, this is great. You just literally um, stated everything I was about to about that first season you were there. Um, you obviously you, you get the concussion week one. You, you stumble out of the gate a bit, like you said. Then you get another injury, and then Flutie comes in. Um, you guys end up ten and six, loses a wild card team, and around November Wade officially names Flutie the starter over you. And you go on record saying you know, and which is you know no one's criticizing you didn't go there to be a backup, and you're not a backup quarterback. Do you? Um, I don't know. Do you regret how you handled any of that? Or were you, you know, you were confident in your abilities and this is a guy coming, you know, from eight years in the CFL and you thought that you should have stepped right back in. It was tough. Um, we played in like I, we had a real tough early schedule. Yep. And then um, my, my, I played well in most of the games. Um, so I didn't feel like I'd lost my job that way. I understood Wade's decision. It was like a late playoff push. And like I had been out four weeks with torn cartilage and broken ribs or cracked ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I understood it. We played the Bengals. It, the Colts were like, it was Peyton's first year. They were like two and 14. 
Um, so we went on a roll and I completely understood it. Um, I didn't agree with it. I was 25 years old. I was about, I, I just didn't, I didn't like, um, and Doug, I mean, Doug was good. I mean, for that first year, he was really good. They, um, and so I understood it, but I didn't, I, I didn't like it. I wish I would have had a free run without, you know, yep. a, a Colt. Like, I mean, he was, it, it got like Colt, you know, like, it was almost like Tim, the best way I can describe it is like Tim Tebow. Right. I mean, he was yes. idolized, um, especially in that area. He had a, um, uh, an autistic kid that they did all these commercials mm-hmm. with, but then it felt like they, he's the underdog, you know, five foot nine. And, yep. um, Flutie flakes. He, yeah, it was crazy. And, um, our, <laughs> I remember that, uh, like after the playoff game, the next year we we're playing the chargers at, at home. Harbaugh was actually their quarterback. Uh, I threw for over 300, had two times. We were down by two scores late. We came back and went in overtime, and I got booed every time I walked on the It was hilarious. Like, the guys in the huddle were just laughing. Like, it was, it was crazy. Right. And I was even laughing. I was like, oh, these guys love me. And um, <laughs> our media people had made, like, uh, it was called, it was Canadian Day, and I was starting. So they had, like, every, any Canadian guy on three, I was like, what are you, like, are you guys trying to, like, <laughs> make it hard on me? But anyways, it was just, I look back at it now and I'm like, God, you know, if I, I don't ever do the what if and I, I'm happy and satisfied, but you never know. Like if I had a free run at, you know, 24, 25 years old and was able to, you know, play two or three years without that, you know, you never know what would have happened. But. True. And then that obviously that <laughs> next year and I'll, you know, it's okay. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but the next year you come in a quarterback competition and like you said, you, you're the young guy. You are the one that they traded for, anointed the starter. But then they give Flutie the starting job that year. So how mentally straining was it? To, and, and I didn't even realize the fact that um, Flutie was considered such like a cult classic here. So add that on top of it. What was it like mentally going through that whole year? And then we'll get into week 17 in the playoffs. It was frustrating because Doug wasn't playing well that year. Um, being five nine, like you can even see it with uh, uh, Russell, who's Wilson, who's amazing. But he has ga- he has times in the games where it's up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably hard for him to see. And so if there's not a throwing lane in there, they have to take off and run. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, because it's you know you're playing backyard football a lot. Uh, but so Doug was struggling that year, and we had the I think the number one ranked defense in the league. We had a great running game, so we were winning. But we weren't playing well on offense and even and so the reporters kept asking Wade after games hey you know you think about putting Rob back in and that was the hardest part because Wade would never and I was pissed I was like just you know you don't have to be mean about it but just be like yeah we're you know I don't know yeah we're thinking about it. but he would start each press conference and be like no I, I didn't think about putting him in today and so that was the real hard part because um, I didn't do anything I was not bad in the press I supported Doug. I wasn't a bad teammate at all. Um, yeah, that's that's mind. that was what was the relationship like between you and Doug? It was fine when he was playing, but when I was playing, it was awful. Like yeah, he I told can see that. Straight, <laughs> like I like I don't. <laughs> we're just two completely different guys. Um, talk about perception versus reality. Like I know how I'm perceived, and I'm fine with it. Um, and that's all cool. But like I don't know. Me and Doug are really different. Um, he plays the media game very well. He does the anonymous quotes really well. Um, 
he talks to teammates behind your back. It's just, it's uncomfortable. Um, so when I was playing, he always had a chip because, it, you know, in the press back then, they would say, oh, well, Rob has better stats, but Doug's the winner, which the win-loss thing, just that kind of crushes me. Because I left like four or five games with the lead, and we ended up losing just because either a special teams or a defense didn't hold them. So it's yeah, there's like. A, there's a big one I could think of. Yeah, oh, there's a bunch of them. It's crazy. I had, and I didn't play that much, and I got hurt too much, and all that stuff. But like, maybe a hundred games, you could go win loss record. But when you're in like a ten, ten games, I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. You can't really prove anything by that. And real quick, and again, um, you know, I don't know what it was like back then, whatever. And I, obviously, I don't remember like the severity of your injuries. Do and you don't want to play the what if game, like you said, but. Like, all these injuries, it seems like, you know, took you out right when you could have gotten hot. Was there anything that if you could go back and do anything differently you would have done, or are they all just, you know, heat of the moment, of freak injuries? Yeah. I was kind of – I'm laughing because they talk about people who's super competitive and doesn't give up on plays, and that's kind of – when I got a chance to play, I always played like my hair was on fire because I didn't know I was if I was going to get back in there or not, you know. So every game was my last game. Um I mean, going back to college, I, I could have done a better job throwing the ball away. Um, my thought was, like, on third down, I'm going to give it as much as I can. We're punting anyways. What's three or four yards? Um, I'm going to stay in there as long as I can. Um, that was my philosophy. I, it wasn't the smartest, obviously, looking back. And um, I'm not really built well for football. <laughs> I'm kind of long and skinny. And uh, I don't know. I just – not much you can do about injuries. I've had three back surgeries. I've had Tommy John surgery. My back was just fused this year. I've had knees. Like, I just don't know if my body was made to play professional football, Got especially it. back then. So in 99, that week 17 game was actually my first Bills game ever. I got some great pictures of it. So you're the first quarterback oh, I ever watched play. Um, <laughs> the Bills are 10-5 entering the, game, entering the game. You play, and obviously everyone kind of knows what happens. You have an awesome game. And then – after your name, the starter against the Titans in the wild card game, did that come at all as a surprise to you? Oh God, yeah. So that next, I think Monday, we come in and watch the film, and Wade pulls me aside and goes, "Hey, I'm you're starting this week." <laughs> I said, "You fucking kid!" Like I was like, "Really?" And I, was, oh, you could swear it's okay. I remember, <laughs> I remember, I go, "Is this your call or is it Wade's call, or if it's Ralph's call?" Because I knew Ralph really liked me, and uh, he goes, "It's my call." I said, awesome, let's go. Like, that's all I want to know, that right. he was in my corner. And um, that was it. And I was super fired up and excited and called all my family, had a bunch of family there. And it was, um, I don't know, Tennessee was a tough, tough team that year, obviously. They yep. had, I think we were one and two in defense. And uh, it was it was a tough, tough game. I don't know how, like, we just beat Indy, and we'd have played them the next week when we killed Indy and we were a better team than them. But we were so beat up after that game. I don't know. We had a rallied, but, yeah, it was a, it was a tough game. So we that was actually the first game. I was in second grade. It was the first game I could remember <laughs> um, crying after. And my, no, my mom – no, it's okay. It's not your fault. <laughs> my mom coming in and being like, you oh, know, you can't cry over sports. And it was the first time I ever heard – 
my dad raised his voice to my mom, and he was like, no, not now. Do not talk to him like that right now. This is exactly <laughs> this is exactly how he should be acting. So that's my one memory of that game. But when you look back at that game, you guys, obviously, you play your balls off. You have – I mean, we're not, I don't even want to get into the, the Music City Miracle, but you, you have the game pretty much won. Christy kicks a huge field goal. Would you say that that play where, yeah. your, where your spike fell off and you continued to play was the, the coolest play you've had in your football career? <laughs> yeah, probably. That yeah. was – because I looked at – we didn't have timeout, so I looked at the ref, and he, and he goes, Rob, you got to get out. I said, you going to give me a timeout? And they're like, no. I'm like, I said, said hut. <laughs> I snapped the ball. Um, we didn't have any time. Um, and our center uh, got dusty. Yep. He was awesome. We lost him the next year at Ziegler. Mm-hmm. Um, he had tossed my – because he heard the ref tell me to get out, so he had just – he tossed my shoe into, like, the second row. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of the <laughs> – it was funny. Um so basically, I didn't have a shoe to put on, and I think we were going to run a play, um, but with that, all that, with the shoe and all that stuff, we didn't have timeout. We just kicked it with 16 seconds left. We didn't want to, because back then, like if you got a penalty, they ran. Oh, they still do. You run 10 seconds yep. off. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Kick it, and and uh, Christy nailed it because it was a cold. Like I don't know on TV, it didn't look that bad, but it was really cold mm-hmm. and damp. Um, it was early morning. And that, that and there was a little there was wind, not like Buffalo, but he that was uh, that was a great kick. I mean, Christie was so clutch. That was yeah, that was a great kick. And that was the last year the Bills had Andre Reed, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith. Could you sense at all that that was um, like the end of an era going into that year? You know, it's funny that we just watched like the last dance, Michael Jordan. Was there any thoughts that year like this could be the final run of this these three Hall of Famers on a, in a Bills uniform? We never, I, I mean, they probably thought like that, but we, I was so young, and the guys were young, and we were such good, we, we had a great, like, camaraderie and a great team, like, everyone got along. Thurman was awesome, Andre was awesome. Um, so we never, I never even thought about it, about the end, or it coming to an end. Um, when Bruce DeHaven got fired for that, that kind of hurt us. You could look it up, the next year we were 8-8, eight and eight and we had the worst special teams in the yeah. history of the NFL, um, and Bruce DeHaven was one of the best coaches. Yep. Yeah, they hired that so guy that, that said that Chris Watson's a punt catcher, not a punt returner. That guy stunk as a special teams coach. Oh my God, we—you have no idea. Like, <laughs> if that wait, isn't that the year in, that they that they said the players were running their own drills during like the special? Oh my God, we come. <laughs> I remember one day we I came in on like a Friday. You know, quarterbacks are usually there early, and Joe Panos is there, and Van Pelt's there, and. We're sitting there, and our uh, Christy and the punter are sitting there distressed at this, like the kickers. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and we're like, what are you guys so stressed about? What are you studying the playbook so hard for? It's Friday, and they're like, what are you talking about? Who, who do you think is running these meetings? Like it was like uh. sheer panic. And this was like week ten. And I was like, oh my god, this is a shit show. Uh. I remember that year we outgained Tampa four eighty to one eighty. You look it up. It was something <laughs> crazy like that, and we lost by two touchdowns. Uh. That's how bad our special. <laughs> Like, we'd get the ball, like, inside the 20 every time. They'd get the ball at the 50. It was, it was nuts. Well, you ended, you ended up leaving for Tampa. You're a Super Bowl champion. And thinking back on your career, you played for some pretty notable coaches. So I'm going to ask you two quick questions here. Who's your favorite coach, head coach you've ever played for? And who's your favorite receiver that you've ever thrown to? You've, you've thrown to some good ones. One that sticks out is Eric Moulds had some monster numbers with you. Yeah, Eric was awesome. Um 
honestly the best receiver. I had Jerry Lee, and I, and I was shitty. My arm was done. My back, like, I was done. It's horrible. Um, so Jerry, and Jerry was old, but still a stud. But Jimmy Smith at Jacksonville <laughs> was the best receiver. Like, he is. I know he had, you know, we played in Jacksonville, so no one knew about him really, and then he had the drug problem, so he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's amazing. You guys probably don't even know who he is. Oh, right? I know he is. Know him, McCardle, uh, Fred Taylor, those were some solid, I mean, uh, very good teams back then. Yeah, um, yeah, so Jimmy Smith, Keenan was awesome too. Keenan was more like, you know, the go-over-the-middle slot receiver. Yep. Jimmy, Jimmy was the ex that was, um, you couldn't cover one-on-one. So, like, we're feeding him. And they double him, then we go to Keenan. Like, it was just really, you know, really easy. To, not easy, but right. fun to play, play with. And then uh, Coach, I'm, oh, uh, gosh. Like, they're all, I, I, like, now that I coach, I try to take a little from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tom, like, I really respect. And, obviously, he reminds me of my dad a little bit, so I love that. Gruden was so entertaining, but he – he wears out his welcome. He talks so much shit on every player. Um, like he falls in and out of love with guys so much. It's crazy. And, uh, but he is an unbelievable coach. Very fun to play for. Um, and I, I, I wonder if he's changed a little bit, but I don't know. Spurrier was awful. Um, really? Very good X's and O's as far as like his best strength is, is getting guys. He would, we knew the receiver's strengths and would uh, put him in the right spot and, and have him run the routes that they could run. He was very good at that. Um, not a great head coach at all. Um, but, I mean, these guys are Hall of Famers. True, <laughs> like, true. And Ro- Robinson at SC, uh, the old-timer, was awesome. Um, he was amazing. Just uh, He had two rules. Don't be late. Oh, three rules. Don't be late, treat everyone with respect, and don't carry a gun. <laughs> <laughs> the gun we were at SC at the time it was you know boys in the hood yep. it was pretty gangbangerish but uh <laughs> but he was awesome to play for so uh, I, I I've been very I've been fortunate so I mean I and even Wade Wade's an amazing coach um I've been so blessed the, the Hall of Famers that I've been around um you know is very fortunate yeah, and I know we got to wrap it up here, and, and we're so appreciative of you giving us your time. But just a couple more quick ones. Uh, right now, in the reason, the way I contact you, I know you're coaching high school football. So tell us how you got into coaching and how much you know how much what you, what you're doing now, where you are, stuff like that. Okay, so my dad is a high school football coach. He's kind of a legend out here. Um, he started the Elite Eleven. That's now on ESPN. <laughs> He's worked with so so many guys, and so he was coaching. And when I got done. Um, I started coaching with him and my brother and we coached her nephew and we did it for about, I did it about 10 years with him. Then I stopped because my nephew was done. My dad, um, retired. And then my daughter's going to a school and she asked me if I would going into high school and she asked me if I'd coach at her high school. And so I'm back in it now. I can't turn down my daughter. So, um, That's really nice. yeah. And do you, do you coach with a backward hat on? <laughs> um, no, uh, okay. do I sometimes? If I can't, I don't know. The bill, I don't like the bill too much. Like, I don't know. The bill, like, sometimes I do. I have my, I just had it on forward. I just turned it around backwards talking to you guys. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I guess I, I could do it either way. My last question for you is, 
your memories of the city of Buffalo? Any fond memories? And if you ever come back, oh God, yeah. first round, if you ever come back, your first round is on Buckets and Dan. We'll yep. meet you anywhere, anytime. Anywhere, anytime. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I, let's tie one on. I, yeah, I love yes. uh, <laughs> Buffalo. Um, the people were great. Obviously, like, if you lose, <clears throat> and I get um, the perception of me was I didn't do anything. Um, like, charity-wise, they kind of crushed me. But I did a ton of stuff. I just never had cameras there because I felt that was – I hate when NFL guys do stuff just because the cameras are there. Yep. So me and my buddy did a lot of stuff at the Children's Hospital, and we would, we'd never went the cameras there. One, the kids were, you know, either burn victims or cancer. You know, they don't mm -hmm. want to be on camera. Right. Um, so anyways, but so I do love Buffalo. Um, is Hutch's still there? Is that restaurant? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We'll take you there. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is Mother still there? Oh, oh yeah. 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 The shepherd's pie. Yeah. Um, yep. Everything's still here. Yeah. We'll see it. We'll see what opens after this coronavirus <laughs> yeah. is over. But oh, dude, this yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, we're we'll be the last. Well, New York's just as liberal as California. We're we're stuck out here. Yeah, I want to so move. <laughs> that's why we that's why we restarted this show because we did it in college as a college radio show, and then. We became teachers, and now we finally have some time to kill. And we figured, and it's funny that you you started the show saying there's nothing else to. That's why we've had a lot of success <laughs> getting people on. And you coming on this show made everything worth it. Yeah, it was a highlight. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. But it, yeah, I want to take my kids to a game back there, and, and I don't know one of these days I'll hit you guys up if I ever do. Please, I'll have a beer. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, please do. Sounds good. So we'll, we'll let you go now, Rob. We really appreciate you coming on, and best of luck with everything in your future. Thank you very much. Anytime, guys. Alrighty then. Thanks to Rob Johnson. That was an awesome interview. Um, really, really good show today, and really looking forward to next week. I got a little bit of a promise for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate this at about 75%. Dan, we might have one of Rob Johnson's teammates on for next week's Splash from the Past. Not confirmed. Not confirmed, but it's a possibility. The percentage is far lower than 75. I'll give it 75. 74 and trending down, but hey, we got a chance. We also do have a confirmed, very prestigious MLB writer that I can't believe agreed to come on the show, but we're excited about that, so we'll talk about the new baseball proposal. We'll talk a little bit about the NBA and NHL proposals next week as well. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to subscribe and rate on Apple. Please make sure to share this with your friends. See you next week. Love you, Mom. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.